the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. A gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. I know. I said that yesterday was the lowest point you could get as a uh, Pittsburgh sports fan. Uh, this is we've added a new chapter. Now, look, I've been a, a, a baseball fan since I can remember. I remember being a six-year-old and swinging a bat like a lot of kids have done, and a pirate fan all my life. But I, I think the pirates have done seemingly the impossible, which has destroyed my fandom forever and ever. Sports used to be a, a respite from the agony, the day-to-day grind of work. Sports used to be something that you looked forward to, that there was a thrill, uh, uh, sort of a, uh, an apostrophe or an, an exclamation point, I should say, at the end of the day. Now, it's the same as life. As a matter of fact, it's even worse. When you read the headlines in sports, whether it was AB and all the drama and debacle we had to go through recently, and now news today that one of the Pirate players, one of their stars, one of their premier pitchers in the league, the best player in the last three years for the Pirates, All-star, has been jailed because of his relations with a 13-year-old girl now sitting in Allegheny County, the, the lockup, uh, the jail down there, headed to Florida where he'll be arraigned. I mean, I'm done. I could care less. To spend my money on sports or T-shirts or go to the games or have a snack or sit with my boys, I just just got to be – I'm done. I'd just rather go and watch the guys across the field here play uh, college baseball or go watch some little kids play Little League ball. You're so right about the sports – entering the world of politics it's become one and the same they're all together i mean it's a heartbreak i I can't tell you how much it is i thought five or six years ago when espn started to get political you know in their approach and their conversation and all of that i thought this is odd yeah what's going then it just like amped up amped up amped up so i'm not sure what's going on at espn because i just decided you know what i got to disengage from all of that so I disengaged from that. But now you see the Le'Veon Bell thing where I'm not going to play because I'm not getting what I want. The whole A-B drama that went on and on. The Miami Dolphins players who, you know, absolutely stank up the joint in their first week and then said, hey, we want to trade. We just brought like, one to Pittsburgh. What the heck? Right. We did bring one of them to Pittsburgh, defensive end. And now we have Felipe, who's our all-star and now he's sitting in the lockup. I mean, it's just really. It's he's going to go to jail, and rightfully he, he should. should go to jail. I mean, it's just a mess, good isn't it? Grief. Is there not anything? And I, and I know the answer to this. There's nothing good or true in this world. Yeah, well, nothing are, sports ever was. Right, right. There are a lot of good and true things, but this is just showing <sighs> the absolute, the darkest side of sports. Heinous. All right. So, what about SNL? 
So what happened? I don't even know who Shane Gillis is. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of follow the comedy world, but only people that are pretty well established. So I don't necessarily right. want a name that rings anything. Okay. So, you know, um, when's the last time you watched Saturday Night Live? How many decades has it been? It hasn't been decades, but... It- yeah, there you go. I bet it's been five years. Well, Saturday Night Live has not been funny for a long time. I think anybody who has watched it knows that that's the truth, right? Everybody sort of looks back to the days of Gilda Radner and Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and things. You know, those were the years. But it's fallen into some sort of deep morass of mediocrity. Well, you know what? My kid, my my, uh, 19-year-old, started to watch it. And so I would stay up with him, and we'd comment on it because he thought it was entertaining enough. Okay, so he thinks it's funny, but you don't? Right. Oh, okay, so it's a generational thing? I don't think it is. I, you I, just think that your son has think, bad taste. I just think his comedy bar is pretty low. That's all. That's harsh. You know, I'm just saying. He probably <laughs> thinks our bar is pretty low. What's he low, know? Like... He's 19 years old. What's he know? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm seriously. Well, I mean, but... Com- you know what makes you laugh. Comedy's a visceral reaction. Right, exactly. It's an emotional thing. You either think it's funny or it's not. Right, but okay, so he thought it was funny. Uh, so I would step and watch with him. And now, so you know, you know how this works with Saturday Night Live, that every year some cast members depart and new cast members are brought on. So there's a guy, uh, Shane, was, Shane Gillis, who's a, a comedian, was named last week to Saturday Night Live. Now, as the case with all things in America – in 2019 we have to do like a stasi level search of everyone's background exactly so shane gillis apparently on his social media thread or recordings of past performances because he's a stand-up comedian has done things which were deemed socially unacceptable i think in his instance uh, there was a character of a chinese person speaking in, in english and also some perhaps homophobic remarks that were made. I, I've not looked at the, this guy's feed. I don't really care to. I'm just reporting the facts that another okay. comedian, sort of, you know, the court jesters of our age, have now also been woke and shamed so much so that they're not able to speak or ply their trade to entertain right. us. Because what was once, look, to make fun of people's ethnicity and race and sexual proclivation, all that. Okay, fine. I get it. It's not right and good and true. You shouldn't be doing but, that. But okay, so I get that. Of course not. But comedy, comedy is is its own thing. Comedy is like satire. It 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 exists to cross boundaries. Be, to cross boundaries. And it is painful. And if it's not painful, it's not satire. If it's not painful, it's not comedy. That's part of their function. Yeah. So I've always looked at comedy in that way. Okay, I don't like that guy. Like, for example, um, Bill Burr, right? So he's a comedian who has a new show out called Paper Tiger. I checked out what, the he's first 15 minutes of it. And it's way too much for me. It is way – wherever, wherever the line is, he's way over it in my opinion. Yeah. All right. But I'm not saying that Bill Burr ought to be silenced. I'm not saying he ought to have, you know, he, that's his thing. And people can decide to engage or not engage. I decided not to engage. I still feel like comedians have a function and he's saying something and he ought to be able to say it. I don't choose to listen to it. I'm not a fan. I don't think he ought to be silenced. So I'm not saying that Shane Gillis is silenced. All I'm saying is he lost his job. But I guess my confusion is why SNL didn't know about, I mean, if he's that offensive, 
wouldn't you know about that before you hired somebody? I would imagine from now on that SNL, like anyone, when they look at hiring a new person to their roster, whether it's corporate America or entertainment, you're going to be scrubbed. You're going to be looked at deeply on your social media platforms, which is good advice for anyone. So no matter what walk of life you're in, you better be careful what you're posting online about yourself and how you see the world. But the, the, the fact is, though, the comedians, whether it was the court jester hundreds of years ago or the stand-up comedian today, they hold a mirror up to society. Yeah. Their job is to show us in our ridiculousness, in our angst-filled, crazy world, upside down, and allow us to reflect and react to ourselves. Now, because we can't do that anymore, we're going to lose a component of ourselves. That's why I'm saying I'm not going to listen to Bill Burr, right? I'm probably not going to like Dave Chappelle's new gig either. But are you going to – I'm going to watch it. But I'm going to try it. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. I might not make it through the whole thing, but I'll listen to what he has to say because I believe people have the right to say that which is politically incorrect. You might say, I hate it. But he still has the right to say it. Now, remember the days. Of Gosh. course, I was too young for this. And, of course, you are as well. But, you know, Lenny Bruce essentially was the line in the sand. Right. He was the guy, you know, pre, you know, pre-blue, pre, you know, and Red Fox was also the mm-hmm. same, right? There was a time where, where these guys performed in smoke-filled nightclubs in New York City or in L.A. or wherever. And they spoke, you know, how people would speak on the subway or in private conversations. Now, they were outlawed. Of course, they were sort of, you know, to the far fringes. But they also became folk heroes because they did speak how a lot of people spoke about the world. We saw our reflection in that. And then that became sort of common. It became mainstream. Now to the extreme where... We've swung the other way, where now you're not allowed to say any of that. You're not... I mean, can you imagine... Don Rickles being able to say the kinds of stuff today that he said, there's no way. No. Red Fox, there's no, and Lenny Br- Rodney Dangerfield. There's just no. You it, name it, it, right? It, it wouldn't be possible because it's too inappropriate. But you have to accept the fact that comedy is inappropriate. So is it, a, you know, so is this a good thing? Because listen, there are many people who would think, you know, what we're talking about. Hey, John and Kathy, you guys, you're, you're on a step yeah, here. Yeah, because you should only be, we you should, should only honor. be, lis- yeah, we should only be listening to clean comedy. Right. And we should be honoring SNL for making the right choice. Right. Look, Th- there's something to be said I about like, that. I like, of course, and I like clean comedy and that's what I listen to. Look, that's what I listen to. But I'm telling you, I'm still standing up for the right of somebody to say something that I disagree with. I agree. Look, I mean, Jim Gaffigan, who we all love. Right, the new comedy special the on, horse, on the Amazon whole thing Prime. On horses. He's it's, incredible. Right. And 99.9% of the time, Jim Gaffigan is as clean as they right. come. And he's a deeply funny guy. Right. Well, who doesn't want to sit there with their kids and watch sure. that? Right? Everybody, the sure. whole family gathers sure. around. Sure, but Dave Chappelle is not appealing to the same audience as Jim Gaffigan. No, and so apparently let, neither is Shane Gillis. Let Dave Chappelle have his life. Allow him to say, and part of being a comedian is to be, as you say, an accurate mirror. Allow him to push you a little. If it pushes you too far, don't watch it. Don't watch it at all. You don't have to. All I'm saying is allow Dave Chappelle to be Dave Chappelle. Okay? I don't know who Shane Gillis is. I don't know what he said. I don't know. Whatever. I just, I get uncomfortable when we are, like, loaded into this, this 
the single mind think where we're only allowing people to laugh about certain things because that sounds a lot like totalitarianism it to sure me. It sure does, right. So from now on, the only jokes that are available are the why did the chicken cross the road jokes because anything else, that's not good. Let's not go there. So I wonder what happens. I mean, you know, it's been decades since I've been in, inside a comedy club. What is the response to comedians who, you know, are applying their trade? How do they navigate this? How do they walk how do they this know what? Rope? How do they know what they can say and what they're not allowed to say? I don't know. Cause, I mean, know, here's the thing. Shouldn't Is it too simplistic for me to say, just let the people decide? So well, the people have decided. So, okay. So but who are, what, what people have decided? Well, in the so there's different levels of decision. That's what I mean. In the comedy clubs, the guy was funny enough okay, to rise so, to the major okay, leagues of comedy. So, so the people decided. Right. The people once, decided he was funny enough. Enough people decided that he was funny enough that he landed an audition with SNL and made it. He made it. He made it to the major leagues. Right? That's that's the nadar of every stand-up. You're a, you're a featured player on Saturday Night Live. Okay. You've made it. But then the administration comes in. The administration has to do the deep dive into every social media post you ever had and everything you ever said. And then they come back with the ruling, I'm sorry, you don't belong. But what, look, look at us. Here we are on Christian radio. Now we we do not ply our trade in, in the dark art of of shock jock, right? When you look at you know shock jock of Howard, Howard Stern. Stern, right? And uh, heck, I mean even here in Pittsburgh, I mean the guys on DVE. That's you know these guys made massive livings doing this you know r- black humor, you know dark, dirty, uh, untoward humor. So now does HR in all corporations, do they have to be in charge and sit in the room and check the box to make sure that all everything that's being said is politically correct so as not to offend people? Is that where we are in America? It is where we are in America, but it shouldn't be where we are in America. If you don't like it, then don't listen to it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But you should fight for the right of somebody to say something that is different than what you're saying. I'm into that. I mean, political correctness is going to be the death of this country. I agree. It really is. Well, uh, we went off on a little tangent there. We sure did. Okay. So let, let's talk about totalitarian regimes. <laughs> God spies. The Stasi's Cold War espionage campaign inside the church. That's a mouthful. It's next. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. And your health plan, it's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase in your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. I mean, isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to your annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals can accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is, Marley can help you today. So give them a call 724-884-1496 or look for them online at marleyfg.com. 101.5 WORD. 
on the next Adventure in Odyssey. The state wants this land for a new highway. What? You think this is it, huh? Isn't there anything you can do? The new state highway spells trouble for Tom Riley. This is my property, and I am keeping it. Will Tom lose the apple farm? Get the bulldozer started. Wait! What are you doing? I told him no demonstrations. Has he lost his mind? He's got to get out of there. Tune in next time to Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. October 11th and 12th, Gospel Life Church in Evan City presents the 2019 Engage Conference. This year's theme, Communion with God. Join keynote speakers Dr. Carl Truman of Grove City College and Dr. Andy Snyder of Radiant Church Austin, along with an esteemed panel of guests as you explore ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. Child care will be provided. Reserve now at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. The 2019 Engage Conference, October 11th and 12th. Details at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. It's funny what totalitarian governments do to a person's head. How do you mean? Well, you know, I've never lived under under an authoritarian regime. But in the books I've read, and in this uh, excellent book called God's Spies, we're going to talk to Elizabeth Braw in just a minute about it, it makes me think that that type of top-down surveillance, that incredibly powerful central government weighing down on especially the people who are supposed to be the independent thinkers, right. the journalists, the artists, the actors, the poets, yes. the pastors, it, the dangerous it ones. changes the way you think, right? Because you already have to accept the fact that half of what you think you have to put aside because it's not going to be in line with your government. Right. It's dangerous. It's scary. And it feels in some way, you know, although this is a, a leap, that the stage is set for that. There are those here in the United States who, like you and I and anyone who's lived here the last you know, 100 years, have not experienced that. But there is a yearning mm-hmm. to welcome that in our midst, right. somehow, which is crazy. Right. Somehow people are anxious to become the thought police for other people. Right. Elizabeth Bra is with us. She's got a brand new workout called God Spies, the Stasi's Cold War espionage campaign inside the church. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. Elizabeth, talk about, first off, your experience um, in East Germany and why you decided to write this book at this time. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me on the show. 
I wanted to write a book because I, uh, when I was 14 years old, my grandparents took me to East Germany. I, uh, I'm a Western European. They took me there, and I thought, this is the most incredible country ever. It was uh, obviously completely different. There were lots of border guards, soldiers, and, um, and I, I'd never experienced anything like that. And then... Um, I started hearing about these after the wall came down, and a number, a number of years after the wall came down, in fact, I started hearing about these pastors who had worked for the Stasi, and I thought, you know, however, uh, this, it's, it's so odd, you know, you hear about others, but pastors, they are the ones, they were the ones who are supposed to really not work for the Stasi at all, and yes, they did that, and, and then, of course, now it's uh, this year, uh, in two months, it's 30 years since the wall came down, so I thought, now is the time to, to write about this mm-hmm. because people are, are, will be thinking about the wall. And this is a, an aspect that really hasn't um, been covered at all when, when people talk about East Germany, this aspect of a pastor spies in the Stasi. So um, I did that. So, Elizabeth, let's um, let's define some terms here. So, the German Democratic Republic was East Germany. So that was the that was the part of Berlin. It was cut in. Um, was it cut? Is Berlin cut in half? Was it half and half when it went west and east? Well, so both Germany and Berlin were divided into four sectors each, and then uh, the three Western allies of France. Uh, UK and the US uh, teamed up to form one unit out of there. So there are three sectors in Berlin and there are three sectors of uh, Germany became uh, West Germany and West Berlin. So they had they had more than half. So the the Stasi and the rest was East Germany. Yeah, so the Stasi was the secret police of the East German side. Um, talk about the Stasi and talk about how they began to be interested in the church in East Germany. The Stasi was, um, it started out as a not very powerful organization. It was started from scratch when East Germany was founded. And soon afterwards, uh, the leaders decided that they needed secret police in order to, to find out what, what people were thinking. Uh, because they had this problem that, that uh, people didn't really want to live in East Germany. A lot of people left and moved to, to the West. In the early years, that was possible. There was no war. And it was quite easy to move to the West. And so they decided they needed to know more, more about what, what ordinary citizens were thinking. So they started this, uh, this organization, the, the Stasi. And it soon became quite apparent to the Stasi that, that the churches in East Germany were the most powerful institution, really, that they had to undermine because the churches were, at that point, still very strong especially the Lutheran Church. I mean, Martin Luther was born and lived in East Germany mm-hmm. and what then became East Germany. And so and, and not only were they very strong in terms of numbers, but they were also uh, independent-minded and, and basically a lot of people who had some sort of um, opposition, uh, uh, well, who were opposition meaning congregated to the churches because they provided this sort of almost like a safe haven for, for right. Free, so there was an outlet. Thought. So for people who were free thinkers, the especially the Lutheran Church in East Germany was was a place they could go and think other thoughts. Exactly, and so. And then in later years, in, in Lutheran churches, we saw a lot of democracy groups, human rights groups, human rights groups, environmental groups. And the reason they met there is simply because it was the, the only semi-free space in, in East Germany. 
Sure. So the Stasi was concerned because they weren't interested in free thought, right? They 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 wanted the government to be monitoring how people were thinking and how people were acting. And so the church was a wild card. Now, the Stasi could have decided to do a direct persecution of the church, right? They could have, you know, started arresting people and deporting them and the whole why did they decide not to do that? Well, uh, that's exactly right, and, and that's what the Soviets did, and the Romanians, the Bulgarians, they just sort of sent Christians to, to penal camps, right, and, and to psychiatric wards, and, and uh, East Germany did that a little bit in the beginning. And I should mention also another reason that, that the Stasi was so interested in, in the churches and, 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 and Christians was that they had, uh, Christians had, and, and of course, by definition, had very strong international contacts, and, and East Germans had very strong contacts with West German uh, Christians and, and with other Western European and American Christians. So uh, that was a threat to East Germany as well. And so East Germany, uh, or the Stasi, decided um, early on to do a sort of a, the, 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 they used the Soviet approach of, of sort of very heavy-handed monitoring and, and harassing these Christians. But then uh, they decided that that was counterproductive. And they were also worried about, or the government was worried about its reputation. I mean, you can't be that, you know, the home, home country of Luther that depends on, on so many international visitors coming to visit, coming to visit Luther sites, that that country locks up its Christians. So he decided uh, to, to use this approach and instead infiltrating the churches and sort of undermining them from within. I see. So, uh, Elizabeth, as people started to, did they, did they start to find out that they were being infiltrated? Was there suspicions that as you went to church on Sunday or you went to confession or you engaged any way within your faith community, was there suspicion from people who were worshiping that somehow those that they deeply trusted and loved as pastors and priests, that they were on the on the inside, so to speak? And did that start to crumble trust in the official church? That is a very good question. So the East Germans knew how powerful the Stasi was. And the problem was, uh, so they knew that there were people working for the, or reporting for the Stasi in their midst. The problem is they couldn't know who, who it was. So it could be uh, the, the person who might seem the most likely to work for the Stasi. It could also be the person they most trusted. And so you can't just be suspicious uh, about everybody you, you meet. So you, at some point, you just have to decide, well, I'm going to live my life, and I won't know who, which of my friends, which of my acquaintances, uh, maybe even my pastor, whether they are working for the Stasi. I just have to, to make, keep living my life. And that was, of course, quite quite risky. And, and that's uh, why the Stasi was so successful, simply because you're going to have a miserable life if you, if you suspect uh, Stasi, uh, the ears, uh, eyes and ears everywhere. We're talking to Elizabeth Bra. Her new book is called God Spies, the Stasi's Cold War Espionage Campaign Inside the Church. Uh, you say in your book, Elizabeth, that a full half of the citizens of East Germany were surveilled at some point. I mean, that that's a shocking number. It sure is. But this is a uh, this was a, a way of life that people, you know, got used to. So did the average person go into church with the expectation that it really was a free zone or over that 40 year period of existence of East Germany? Did people start to realize, you know what, there really isn't a safe space? Well, it was, um, they, they felt it was a free zone uh, to the extent that 
that they couldn't be uh, arrested for, for having an environmental group in, in a church building, but uh, it, it was unfree to the extent that they couldn't, they, they had to, um, they had to count on what, what, what they said in that group being reported to the Stasi, okay. and that was sort of the unsettling factor. It, it, the Stasi's eyes and ears were everywhere, and that mattered uh, greatly, and not just sort of in everyday life, but then when, when churches became focal points for, for protests and so forth, and, and um, I, we may, might discuss that later, but uh, it also mattered, uh, and, and uh, one of the pastor agents I write about in the book um, infiltrated international church organizations, another one infiltrated uh, Bible smuggling organizations, and, organizations, and that's where this all matters to, to us Westerners who never experienced this, because we, uh, even though we don't know about it, we will have been affected by some of those uh, Stasi's uh, pastor spies as well. So let's talk about the pastor spies, Elizabeth. What would make a Lutheran pastor, for example, uh, decide, you know what, I'm going to be an informer for the Stasi? Well, the Stasi was very clever in identifying uh, people with uh, um, people with either with weaknesses or people with um, ambitions or particular desires, and then they sort of honed in on them. So it could be, for example, a theology student who uh, wanted to get ahead quickly when he became a pastor. Mm-hmm. It could be a a professor who felt he was overlooked, uh, so, and, and Lutheran professors in Germany are uh, usually ordained as well. So it could be a professor who felt he was overlooked and not promoted and didn't get the, maybe the, the chair he wanted. It could be somebody who wanted Western goods, or it could be somebody who felt uh, very strongly about East Germany and just wanted to, to, to do his part to, to make uh, the, help the country survive. So, but most in most cases, um, uh, it was really careerism or the fact that that um, they wanted material goods from the Stasi, and it's actually quite unsettling to realize how, in many cases, how cheaply people sell themselves. Hmm. So, Elizabeth, which is really what what the Chartists did. That's an excellent point to think, you know, there's someone who has dedicated their lives to love God and to shepherd a community, and they gave that away just mm-hmm. for some uh, ego or pride or a, a, an advancement or some material gain. There's the heartbreak in it all. Exactly. And and in some cases, the material gain was, was not very significant at all. So it could be, you know, they wanted a trip to the West. Uh, they wanted, um, for example, the the, the director of, of the church department mentioned that one bishop wanted a lamp so the provi- the, the, from the West, so the Stasi provided him with his lamp. I mean, could he not? Uh, was that really worth sort of, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the price that that uh, such persons paid? Because really, they 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 gave up their integrity to get these uh, advantages, right. and so it's it's really quite sad to realize um, uh, how how little it took for them to give so much away yes. and how willing they were or at least how how little it mattered to them that, that they betrayed their friends and, and colleagues and, and people around them. I'm sure that there was a lot of heart 
heartbreak, a lot of heartache for these people because, you know, the pastors would look at themselves in the mirror and go, I'm essentially Judas. Okay, so how about this? Have you seen the film The Lives of Others, Elizabeth? You know, I specifically, while I was writing the book, I didn't want to see it because I didn't want to be influenced, but I know exactly what it's what it is about. Yeah, and, I- uh, yeah, I just watched it this morning um, because I knew you were coming on, and it's something that had been in my queue for a while. And it's a it's a film that's made in Germany. It's specifically about the surveillance of the Stasi, but the church is mentioned several times. But I, I think the the heart of the film, though, is this question of the artist and what happens when the artist has their art threatened by the Stasi. Like, you know, this woman is an actress and she is arrested and the Stasi says, you're never going to act again. No one will ever see you on a stage. Your career is over. If you don't say yes, I will inform. And you see in her eyes that question, what do I do? If that, if not that, then what, what do I do? Right. So, so do I, do I, inform on my friends do i give up on my friends do i give up on my career and i wonder how it made me think of how many pastors had that same type of thing i'm sure some pastors even though it was a it was the wrong decision from my perspective went into it thinking maybe i can save my church this way yes there was that and and the the stasia including the, the church department had this very clever um uh, scheme, you might call it. So they, through their other agents, they would find out who um, essentially was having affairs. And they had a sort of a category for that. And then they would go to that pastor and say, uh, either you work for us or we'll tell your bishop. Wow. Oh, right. And so what do you do in that situation? Right. Um, and, and many did agree to work for them. But I think what's, what's really uh, even more depressing than that is how many agreed to work for the staff, even though there was no such pressure. Uh, so they were contacted on basically on the recommendation of other agents who had essentially scouted them out for the staff in the staff had done its homework, even though the agents never knew, knew who else might be approached. But, you know, they kept reporting one another and then they started collecting information and, and then decided uh, that they might want to recruit a person. And, and in most cases, there was no pressure. They sort of talked about, you know, do you want to work for peace and so forth? And, and then... Um, in in most cases, well, in, in not in most cases, I shouldn't say, but in many cases, the pastor agreed to do it, and and that is, I think, the, the sad part of this story. Yes, it is. Well, Elizabeth, we've we barely scratched the surface yes. to a really heartbreaking story of of faith, whether it's personal faith or communal faith. But we thank you for your time here. A fascinating look. God spies the Stasi's Cold War espionage campaign inside the church. Elizabeth Bra. In the fury of the storm, they cried out to God to save them. My poor little wife got hyperfermia, and then I... I, I, I kept with her, and, and she just drowned on me. <laughs> now, the storm has passed, and they need God and his people 
to help them make it through another day. It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. We need help. Families in the Bahamas devastated by Monster Storm Dorian need Word FM listeners to step into their lives with life-saving emergency relief. People are saying, I've lost everything. And the only thing you, know, you could say, you know, keep praying. Your generous gift will provide desperately needed supplies to families who have lost everything. You'll provide food, water filters, generators, clean water, chainsaws, tarps, hygiene kits, and other things needed for survival and recovery. Please send help and hope to the Bahamas now. From your cell phone, call pound 250 and say hope. Dial pound 250 on your cell and say hope. Or give online at wordfm.com. As a doctor who provided medical care to remote islands, Dr. Ben Lebrow has seen some things. Piracy, hurricanes, being struck by lightning. While most of us can't relate to confrontations with pirates, we get that life comes with risk, but retirement shouldn't. That's why Dr. Ben purchased an annuity to secure a protected income stream for the rest of his life. Find out more at retireyourrisk.org. Brought to you by the Alliance for Lifetime Income, the sole sponsor of the 2019 Rolling Stones No Filter U.S. Driving home is more relaxing without worrying about malware on your devices or identity theft. LifeLock with Norton, outstanding protection for your identity and devices. For a limited time, get 30% off your first year ends October 6th. Join at LifeLock.com. Use promo code RISK. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Now I'm, you know, trying to get better, stronger than ever. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. A beautiful weekend store here for the last week of summer. Your details for tonight, a clear night, comfortable, a low of 56. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, a beautiful day with an afternoon high of 77. Clear skies again tomorrow night, heading down to a low of 55. And for Thursday, plenty of sunshine again, another nice day, and a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. Hey, welcome back. Okay, so we started the show talking about um, comedians and so the uh, the censure of the of the town crier or the the court jester, and then we the, went into the, a the segment, political correctness of America, right? Which is you know we've fallen off this cliff here where everything has to be the you know T's have to be crossed, the I's dotted here that we're all together feeling woke and very earnest in that wokeness, and then we go into a segment talking about the the Stasi, <laughs> the secret police. Mm-hmm. Which essentially it's, it's is the, the same thing. Kind, it's just the same this. thing with a lot more force behind it. It's the same thing with a lot more governmental control. And look, 
and look, I'm not going to beat up on the Democrats, although I am. When you look at the Democratic debates, they're all sort of saying the same thing. And you think, how did we come to this point? How politically have we become so tight and controlled mm-hmm. in our thoughts and if anyone falls afoul of that mainstream thought which has now become mainstream then there's something wrong with you and how dare you even say something out of turn because we're, we're going to crush you how's that even work now in that conversation we had with uh, elizabeth braun she said that people were you know giving up their faith for the promise of a lamp right so there were there were tens of thousands of pastors who were working for the Stasi. Tens of Tens thousands. of thousands of pastors okay, working now for look, the Stasi. Okay, now look, we weren't there. So to understand the oppression and the fear that those people felt, that's Watch unimagin- the lives of others. That helps a little bit, actually. That's unimaginable, it's, right? It's really helpful to, uh, that movie helped me to, to realize the type of... Uh, fear the type of fear that they instilled in people and the t- and the choices that they gave to them mm, which were few which were very few but they were very hard which is okay if you want to say goodbye to this career you've built over these decades you can but if you want to keep your career then you'll have to inform on your friends right and to keep you know to have the career which also meant your salary your home your pension your commute all those things it's essentially your life so you choose your life here in the way that you've constructed it, or by saying, I love Jesus, or, and I disagree politically with what's happening in East Germany, if you do that, then we'll wipe all that away. So your children will be gone, your marriage is over, your career's done, you're going to be a pauper. All right, so that's a hard choice, no question about it. However, this is the choice that Christians have been given over Millennia. Which we have not experienced. Which we have not experienced, but we very well might experience. It and feels like it's so coming. So it needs to get in our heads, who do we love? Right. Who do we love and who do we follow? And is it your government? Is it your party? Or is it Jesus first? <laughs> 101.5WORD. On the next Focus on the Family, former World Series champion and all-star Daryl Strawberry and his wife Tracy share a message of hope for all less-than-perfect marriages. They talk candidly about their nearly catastrophic errors that were redeemed only through the power of God. You'll hear how an almost dead marriage can come alive again on the next Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper, regularly $89.99. But with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. 
Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. For all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Okay, from Saturday Night Live, the shaming of comics, mm-hmm. to the Stasi, the shaming of pastors during the Cold War, to... <laughs> modern-day America, and the shaming of parents. The Sun reports that one in five parents have been accused of bad parenting by a complete stranger, according to a new survey. One in five. I'm surprised Mm -hmm. it's so low. Yeah. A new study of parents has revealed the extent to which many have been openly judged, with as many as 17% having been chastised by a passerby in the street. A further 30% have been told by their own parents that their parenting skills are lacking, while more than one in 10 have been admonished by a sibling. Hmm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Have you have you yourself been parent shamed? I don't feel like I've ever been you parent never have. shamed. No. Well, I can remember two instances. Okay. Um, I can't wait to hear. My, my oldest boy was like a toddler, and we were in Bloomfield, where we used to live, and we were walking down the street. He was just learning how to walk. So, you know, he was a preemie. He was a late walker. I'm holding his hand, and um, <laughs> you know like those um, metal um, slats that are on top of sidewalks that, you know, uh, like say, say it was like a grocery store, and they open up, and then you go down into the basement? You know oh, yeah, I mean? right. Right? Yeah, sure. And, well, he was jumping on those, you know, like I bet he weighed, I bet he weighed 22 pounds and he was, you know, jumping up and down and somebody walked by and said, you are a bad father. That kid is destroying things. Tell him to stop right now. Meanwhile, the kid was like, you know, I mean, he was like a puff of wind. He was, he <laughs> right. was so light. He was a preemie baby. And he was not destroying anything. And then, you know, a year or so, a couple of years later, we had another child and we were at a public event. We were at the car show. We used to go to the car show. It was just kind of, you know, wander around and look at the cars. Kids would get in the cars and pretend they'd drive. I don't know. It was like six o'clock on some evening. Some total, some total stranger, a guy walked by and out of the blue, he yells at my wife. <laughs> I'll never forget. This has become a sort of family, you know, catchphrase. You're doing it all wrong. 
You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> doing it all wrong. What, what are we doing wrong? That seems wide-reaching. I, wide I didn't know. You know, I guess everything. Uh, we're doing it all wrong. So whenever something screws up in the whole house, you're doing it, you're all, doing wrong. it all wrong. We all nod okay. along. You know, as you were telling that story, I did think of an instance. I remember being in Giant Eagle with my oldest daughter, who was about a year old at the time, and she had this pink baby doll. Yeah. And she loved this pink baby doll. And... um. And so we were at the at the meat counter, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, oh, my gosh, your daughter is so beautiful, and I have a daughter who's the same age, and she has the same pink baby doll. And I said, oh, that's terrific. She said, and we decided, I mean, the baby doll is so important to her, and it's such a beautiful thing, and it's such an image of how she looks at herself and how she looks at her gender and how she's going to grow up and be a woman, that we decided that we would name it Mia Ham because she's such a beautiful athlete and such a beautiful example and we just thought that would be really inspirational as our daughter grows what did you decide to name your baby <laughs> you... and i said <laughs> baby pink <laughs> that's all we got it's baby pink i mean that's not shaming but you well, know she, humiliation she, more than anything. she looked at me like i mm. couldn't have been baser <laughs> no yeah Mia Hamm. Who was Mia Hamm? Mia Hamm was a soccer star. She was the Olympic soccer star. Oh, yeah. Okay, I missed that. Oh, my gosh. And she was, yeah. I mean, and, but I, I really didn't think I was choosing, like... I know who Baby Pink is. I, I wasn't choosing a heroine yeah. for my 11-month-old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we've got a young father in there, Mike. Now, you crying. yourself, you know, your baby's not even two years old, right? Is he two yeah, years old? two years old. He's three. Oh, he's three. Sorry. Oh, he recently, yeah, you're, you're good. He re- just recently turned three, so... I, I was at the Cheesecake Factory probably like a year ago. Yeah. And my wife and I had a nice dinner, and we're walking back to our car, and um, he starts going nuts, and I'm holding him, oh, yeah. and he's wailing around, sure. and I'm like, I gotta put, the, I gotta set this kid down. So there's a bench, there's a bench over at the corner of the by the fountain of the Cheesecake Factory on the south side, you know. Um, so I'm walking to the bench, and I'm about ready to to, to set him down nicely, and he jerks, and I drop him. <gasps> And there's that space between that bench and the seat. Oh no! The back, the, you know, the the, the 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 back end of the bench, and then the actually part where you put your butt on. Yeah. There's an opening. Oh sure. Well, he fell <laughs> right through that hole, and I, I I almost lost it. I felt so bad. I'm like I'm like the worst dad ever. Yeah. And I turn around, and there's a couple looking at us, Mm-mm. and they're just shaking their their head at me. Mm-mm. And I'm like, What do you want me to do? Yeah. Right. He's He's squirming around. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not my fault. Bad father. Mm-hmm. You're bad. I mean, it, you know, more often than not, those crazy things happen in broad daylight, and you think, oh, no. I mean, I'm, I felt horrible. I'm I mean, pegged. He had, yeah. He had, like, a, a bloody chin, and his oh. lip was bleeding, and mm. then, uh, I, I felt horrible. Well, they were right. They were right to shake their head yeah. at you. <laughs> Clearly, you failed. So you bring up parent shaming why? Well, because of the study that I saw in the Sun, and just the number, the high percentages of people that not only have been criticized publicly, but actually felt just like what Mike said: "I'm a horrible parent." Mm. Like a twenty percent of moms and dads have been told at some point in their life that they are "quote unquote" a bad parent, yeah. but more than that, sixty percent have felt like in public something happened right. that they are a bad parent. How about how about fla- flash forward here? Years later, when your kid tells you you've been a bad parent, <laughs> I'm not there yet, thankfully. Because <laughs> you know that'll happen sooner or later. That 
is not acceptable. Right? I mean, you know, your kid says, that you screwed me up how so do you, bad. How do you take that, too? You just swallow it and walk away? Uh, or? You know, yeah. walk a mile in my <laughs> shoes, my friend. That's all. Okay, because the bottom line about parenting is that it's horribly, overwhelmingly difficult, and you absolutely will screw it up. Of course you, you will. You will screw it up. No matter if you've got one kid nope. or ten kids, it's a daily tightrope of Listen, humility and yes, humiliation. Uh, humiliation. I've told my kids since they were little, Listen, whenever you're ready to see a therapist to work out all the things that I've done to you, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'll set you up with somebody. Okay. We're good. I cut you a check. Yeah. I owed more than $35,000 in taxes. Oxford Tax Partners negotiated my debt with the IRS, and I only had to pay $2,000. They helped renew my peace of mind. If you also have a debt over $10,000 with the IRS or you haven't filed taxes two years or more, call Oxford Tax Partners now for a free consultation, 888-512-5281. Taxes are a fact of life. Fortunately, Oxford Tax Partners has made your taxes their business. Let Oxford Tax Partners experts help you negotiate your debt with the IRS. And once and for all, take that burden off your shoulders. 888-512-5281. Oxford Tax Partners understands many clients are on strict budgets, so they do their best to provide manageable payment plans for every client. Call today, and in addition to your free consultation, get $600 off your case. 888-512-5281. With Oxford Tax Partners, say goodbye to tax worries and hello to greater financial freedom. 888-512-5281. 888-512-5281. Pella has done it again with our brand new lifestyle series. Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass, a room darkening experience for sleep in one room, and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomefluoringpgh.com. This is the entertainment answer. Who is in the mood for some Marsha, 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 and the rest of the Brady Bunch? Well, HGTV is restoring the Brady house to its original 70s glory and reuniting the original cast. Oh, it's kind of a kicky blast. The sitcom was a TV touchstone for millions, including myself. HGTV.com has tons of fun Brady games, trivia, and behind-the-scenes features. We are already a couple of episodes in, but you definitely have time to catch up. For more information, jump over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? (sighs) Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask HomeAdvisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, HomeAdvisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted. Let rescue begin. Come find 
I love David Crowder. Oh, me too. He's fabulous. Yeah, we're going to talk to him this week. Yeah, so Crowder's headed to Pittsburgh with Mercy Me. Friday, October 4th. We're going to be emceeing that show. Is that the paint? Yep. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. I mean, Crowder's one of those guys, he's just so... Normal. Yeah. Regular. Accessible. Just a regular guy. Honest. With Jesus in his heart and the skill to amplify that to the masses. I just love him so much. Me too. And he's just a unique individual. So... We were at uh, we were at Grove City over the weekend and um, Ren Collective. Yeah, Ren Collective. They brought up Crowder on stage. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were talking about uh, the Prodigal Son, and uh, they said the guy was speaking. I'm sorry, I don't know his name from Ren Collective. He said, "When I think of the Father and Prodigal Son, Crowder pops into my head." (laughs) (laughs) A very tall, skinny father. (laughs) And everybody in the audience laughed and then nodded ahead. Right? Go, yeah, yeah, sure. That could be if you're casting the Prodigal Son, the Father. That's David Crowder. Hey, uh, 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk um, just a, uh, a sad, sad story about a, a pastor's suicide that happened uh, late last week. We're going to talk about suicide in the church with pastors and congregants and your phone calls as well. Stick around. The 5 o'clock hour, the ride home. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The polls have closed in Israel, and the results do not look good for Benjamin Netanyahu. Early exit polls are notoriously inaccurate in Israel, but these track quite closely with opinion polling in the final days of the campaign. They put the two biggest parties, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud and the Blue and White Party, led by former Army General Benny Gantz, neck and neck. Neither has a clear path to a 61-seat majority. Yisrael Betenu, the party of Mr. Netanyahu's right-wing rival, Avigdor Lieberman, could, as expected, turn out to be the kingmaker. Official results are expected sometime on Wednesday. That's when the all-important coalition negotiations between the various party leaders can begin. The BBC's Matthew Bell. Stocks ended the day on a positive note. The Dow was up by 34 points. The Nasdaq rose 32. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US MULO 52 weeks 71419 by UPC MLBO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. Nothing I tried could give me relief until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen-free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amberin now, my energy is back. And those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad, you're paying for it anyway. 
At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. In a recent episode of the hit web series, Adam Ruins Everything, the show shared some of the scams that are common in the mattress industry. The big markups, the inability to comparison shop, and the conflicts of interest with mattress review sites. At the Original Mattress Factory, we agree with many of the problems the episode highlighted. In fact, these problems are the reason we started our company, to offer a better mattress and a better mattress buying experience. Visit OriginalMattress.com or our social media pages to hear our employees' reactions to the Adam Ruins Everything mattress episode. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policies starting at $75 a year, quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your coverage, so you only pay for what you need. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote, and you could save. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. A beautiful weekend store here for the last week of summer. Your details for tonight, a clear night, comfortable, a low of 56. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, a beautiful day with an afternoon high of 77. Clear skies again tomorrow night, heading down to a low of 55. And for Thursday, plenty of sunshine again, another nice day, and a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Remember the funny pages? Remember the comics? Every day, you'd sit down, whether it was the Post-Gazette or the Pittsburgh Post or the Pittsburgh Press, and you knew the space where your favorite comics were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Cap, Nancy, um, what, whatever. How many comics were there that you... you I never, wa- I never read, never the, read the comic. You never read the comic? What? No, Religiously, I knew the comic. Both sides. I mean, two sides. Open. Of course, then there was, you know, like um, star charts. There were, if you wanted to, a horoscope. Um, there was all you know, a crossword puzzle. The, all the sorts jumble. of things. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. But the comics were like central to my life. I mean, you know, I could close my eyes and see the layout of where my comics were. Well... The far side was sort of a Johnny oh come God. lately to the comic page. See, and that's the one I took to because I was never into comics before then. And so the far side I kind of picked up on in college. Oh, really? Wait, so you looked, so then you found the far side and then you looked forward to it. Oh, my gosh. I became a little obsessive about it. Like I mean, a lot I have, of people. I have, you know, books of far side collections because they are some of the most. It, it, oh. What a twisted mind to come up, to come up with his perspective. It's excellent. It's true. And the thing that was fascinating, it was one panel. I mean, most comics were like four, right. four little, you know, peanuts. You know, four things happened. One thing, 
but the far side was just one one <laughs> I mean it was ridiculous one image right. and then one sentence generally mm-hmm. well all that went away in 1995 January 1st 1995 when Gary Larson he hung his he hung his pens up so the far side originally ran from January 1st 1980 to January the 1st 1995 and in that time, I mean, like we're talking about, it became a cultural phenomenon. So much so that it was estimated that, that Gary Larson, in that 15-year span, earned somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 million on merchandise and the comic itself. Wow. But then he walked away. He just said, I've done, I'm done with this. However, a new era of the Far Side strip apparently is coming. Because fans noticed over the weekend that the Strip's official site, the website, had been updated with a new cartoon and a message that said this, Uncommon, unreal, and soon to be unfrozen, a new online era of the far side is coming. The cartoon, drawn by Gary Larson, showed a man with an open flame thawing a block of ice, which encased many of the familiar cast of the Far Side characters. A cow, a dog, dog. a caveman, a child, mm, a, a woman. Right? Mm. The site, the Daily Cartoonist, tweeted about the updated website on Friday, and the AV Club mentioned it as well. So it looks like at some point soon, despite all the craziness of the world we currently live in, we will have once again, hopefully, the far side to look that forward to. That would be so terrific. Oh, I mean, please. as you're talking, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about several of them. The ridiculousness of it all. There's a guy in the bar, and he's trying to, he's trying to pick up a worm. <laughs> and the thing at the bottom it says, "You're talking to the wrong end." <laughs> I mean, just crazy. Or dog. Remember dogs going to work? Oh yeah. It's like you know, dogs in the bus, and they're all leaning out, but they have shirts and ties on yeah, and suitcases, little, little hats. It's awesome. The deer with the guns. I mean, all that stuff. Bummer of a birthmark, Hal. The caveman, you know, in technology. It's so great. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. Please, let's please. So I wonder how old Gary Larson would be by this point. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. But look look how much the landscape has changed because, you know, like somebody like Charles Schultz and Gary Larson, fortunes were made in the newspaper industry where- He's 69. Okay. So maybe he's going to, you know, think, okay, I've got, you know, a strong third, a, a strong second act in me. My years are short. And for the last, what, 95? That's forever. You know he's been working on stuff. He's got to be maybe one of those guys. Maybe he hasn't guys. been working on anything. Oh, I bet he has. I bet he has. There's guys, they just can't help themselves. Something like that, that's just something that comes to you. It's it's so awesome. Yeah. M- Mike, you a fan? Um, now that I'm looking at it, yep. yes, I'm a huge uh, fan. Exactly. I was oh. going to say, I'll bring my book in. Once you'll you die. Do, you'll yeah. cry. You'll cry. Yeah. See, there's like like Mike. He he's he's 33. He's past right. the age yeah. where that right. you know that all right. went away. The mm-hmm. newspapers, all the comics, which used to be mainstream America, needs to come back. Oh, it sure does. Okay. Well, that's terrific that's news. Really I'm really glad news. to hear about that. Yep. Take a break. We're going to switch gears from yeah. cartoons to suicide. Yeah, we are. The suicide of a uh, beloved American pastor happened at the end of last week. We're going to talk to Daniel Darling about that. How do you deal with someone who's in an authority position who's struggling that much? 
Hey, employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Martley Financial, they have a custom-made plan just for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So call Marley now, 724-884-1496, or find them online at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. One of Jesus' most memorable methods of teaching was through parables. But did you know that long before the time of Christ, the prophet Ezekiel also used parables to teach God's people? Well, this week on Through the Bible, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, shares two of those parables with us as the Bible bus rolls through Ezekiel 21 through 30. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be saving a seat just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. When I knock on people's doors, they open up the door and they say, please don't high pressure me. I was high pressured for three, four hours last night. There's a better way to buy windows and doors, and it doesn't involve pressure. Energy Swings, Donnie Dara. I'm not here to sell you or to pressure you into anything. I'm here to help you. The first thing I do to help people is to actually listen to them, not tell them how great my company is, my product is. It's to hear what really, really makes them tick and to hear what they really, really need. That's the red carpet experience. The red carpet experience makes sure the spotlight is on you. We make sure that you are in control of the process. We are not pushing you. We are helping you because we do do this every day. But we are arming you with enough information without high pressuring you to make sure that you make the right decision for you, your family, and your home. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at EnergySwingWindows.com. Bye. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you, Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Last week, uh, Kath and I talked about World Suicide Day and how suicide really um, has altered the landscape of modern America. Uh, it's an infected so many people's, crushed people's lives, where inexplicably, young people, old people, it's um, suicide is an equal opportunity uh, disaster that it has just uh, become a scourge in, in American life. And the irony is on, on World Suicide Day, uh, a, a pastor, Jared Wilson, died by suicide. And it's a sentence, you know, the, Ed Stetzer, who's a writer for CT, wrote about that. He, he says that it's a sentence that might cause you to look twice because you don't expect pastors to take their own lives because pastors help people with their lives. They, they talk about new life. They, they don't pastors end their own. Pastors have hope. Right. 
So when a pastor dies, suicide, dies by suicide, you think, well, if there's no hope for the pastor, then what hope is there for us, someone who's so deeply invested in proclaiming the good news of the gospel? Daniel Darling is with us. Daniel is Vice President for Communications for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's a friend of ours and uh, uh, was a friend also of Jared Wilson and here to talk to us about Jared and suicide. Dan, welcome back to the show. Well, it's good to be back here uh, with y'all, and uh, it's sad to be back on these on these terms, but it's mm-hmm. good to, to talk to you again. So tell us about Jared, uh, so we can appreciate the level of loss that this is. So Jared uh, was a pastor here in Nashville for a long time, uh, did youth ministry. Um, you know, we, we didn't cross paths that much, but we did uh, a few times uh, here, and uh, we corresponded quite a, quite a bit uh uh, via message, you know, uh, on Twitter and other other ways, and uh, we we talk about different issues and um, in the church and the culture. And uh, he had been, you know, a real champion for um, the church to really take the issue of mental illness and mental health seriously. Um, and had, you know, we had actually he'd actually reached out to me about a week before he died to say, hey, I'd love to see ways that my organization, Anthem of Hope, could partner with your organization, uh, the ERLC, uh, on suicide prevention and mental health. And we were eager to do that because that's something that's in our portfolio. Yeah. Um, so when I heard that he had taken his life, I was just, you know, just absolutely, you know, stunned. And, you know, it was it, it, it just one of those things that is kind of gutted me in, in some ways to think, man, I, I just literally was talking to him. Right. Okay, so Dan, so Anthem of Hope was an outreach of Jared Wilson's work as a pastor, and I'm assuming that revolved around depression and suicide, yeah? It did, yeah, and just to kind of bring awareness uh, to people, uh, both in the church and without the church, uh, about the issue, and really to, to try to help uh, people find hope and help. So, Jared, obviously, I mean, he knew he had suicidal tendencies. If his ministry he, he spoke was around, open, that, he spoke openly about it, right? And he wrote a book. He wrote, he wrote a, a book about it. I mean, this was yeah. something you know that was near and dear to him, obviously. And I'm sure. I mean, he, you know, he leaves behind a young wife, two young sons, and so this was something that uh, I'm sure a conversation happened with him, with people like yourself in the, in your networks and in on social media that happened. More often than not, yeah. Yeah, it did, and and I think what's, you know, what's, I think hard sometimes for people to understand is that, you know, people like uh, Jared, people in ministry, people are pastors who are in the trenches, really caring for people. They also at times can suffer from mental health, and sometimes the pressures of, of a of a shepherd of a job like that um, can can increase it. There's there's a weightedness that you have as a as a pastor, uh, you are seeing up close a lot of hurt, a lot of suffering, um, and you know many prominent pastors throughout history have talked about it, from from Charles Spurgeon to many others. Um, I think there's a bit, and you know, one of the things that's hard for people in ministry, I think, is there's a, there's kind of a shame factor that you feel like if you do come forward and say and talk about you, your struggle with mental illness, that that somehow your church will see you as weaker, or that, um, you know, maybe you'll lose your job or won't be able to serve. And so I think, you know, we have to help remove that stigma that even, you know, even pastors um, 
really struggle with this. No, I wonder about this. So the struggle with mental illness, is that one and the same as the struggle with suicide? Because you could have suicidal thoughts, right, and not be considered mentally ill. That's a good point. I, and I think there is obviously a spectrum of seriousness. Um, and, you know, it's part of a cluster of, um, of, of this sort of, uh, as, as some people call it, diseases of despair. And so some mm-hmm. are... Some are at different ends of the spectrum. Some are more serious places. You know, Jared suffered in a much more serious way with suicidal thoughts. Um, and I think what, what we have to think about, too, is, especially as Christians, sometimes it's hard for us to think about this issue because we always want to have a, an internal debate. Is this a physical issue? Is this a spiritual issue? And really, if the way that we understand uh, the way that we're made, it, it's really often both, that the physical and the spiritual off are often marbled in together in ways that um, are not as clean as we like to think. Mm -hmm. Daniel Darling's with us. We're talking about the life of Jared Wilson. Uh, In reading Jared's tweets and looking at the stuff that he invested himself in, it just makes me angry. This depression is a thief of so many things. You know, depression is a thief of energy and it's a thief of relationship. And in this instance, it was a thief of life. And I wonder if if looking at it that way might be able to help us because it it is it's a fight. And I don't know how, you know, for, for those of us who have struggled with it, it seems like you cannot get out of your own head. Um, and I think that's why it's so frustrating. John and I have talked in the past <laughs> about you know, you're hearing yourself, you, you talk to yourself in the shower, right? And you're never telling yourself in the shower anything beneficial. No. You're telling yourself in the shower something that you screwed up. It's dark. How could you have done it again? You can't get... And we've all, whether we are classified as clinically depressed or not, I think every person can identify with that feeling of just being so consumed with the talk that you are telling yourself in your head that you're robbed of whatever joy you'd have in anything. Oh, that's exactly right. And, you know, we should be, you said it, you know, initially that you're angry. And I think that is a right response. Uh, I think of when Jesus was looking at um, and experiencing and seeing the death of his friend Lazarus, you know, his response was he wept, but he also had this deep groaning and anger within him. That's a proper response because death is uh, the work of the enemy. Uh, Death is not part of God's natural order. It's it's a rebellion against God. And things that uh, death brings, that sin and death have brought, things like mental illness and depression, are, are enemies. They are uh, part of a fallen world. And I think we should rightly re- be angry and recoil and lament um, just the heaviness and the brokenness of the world um, that takes people that we love, like Jared, from us that so grips people in ways that we don't often understand. And, and sometimes it's hard even for uh, friends or family to, to understand fully how someone is suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, but we do rejoice uh, in that one day um, we will rise again, body and soul, and, and, and he will remake and restore our bodies. That is the promise of the resurrection, that even though we are fragile, we're earthen vessels, as Paul says, that the the promise is that we will be remade one day. But in this meantime, life can get really difficult and hard uh, for many. 
my dad used to say, it takes a lot to kill a man. And I never knew what he really meant by that. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, what's he talking about? It takes a lot to kill a man. And, you know, now, you know, uh, I'm deep in middle age here. And I think, yeah, I get that. I mean, it does take a lot to kill a man. Uh, It's hard to die. And I can't imagine suffering with suicidal thoughts as Jared did, as Jared Wilson did for all those many years. And to carry that weight that sludge with him and what that must have been like for him minute by minute, day by day, and to try to find a little peak of joy within that and, you know, to be married and have his children. And, and when I think about people, because this has affected my family as well, that, that suicide, especially, you know, in America in decades past and theologically in many different faith communities, to kill yourself was considered sinful, that um, you, know, you would be separated. You know, your sentence to kill yourself is that you would be separated from God forever. That was church teaching when I was a, a schoolboy in a Catholic school. And that would scare the heck out of most people. And that shame centered around that fear and the community speaking and about the, you. And the response of the families who had to suffer that from the church when the person they loved had died. That the person wouldn't be buried on ho- in holy ground. I mean, that the good news is, as odd as our society is today, at least the stigma of suicide has lifted to a degree that we can be on the radio and talk about this. And when a pastor kills himself, people can love and honor and respect him as a man and as a father and a husband. But at the same time, still grieve for him as well and see ourselves in his weakness and his sorrow. Mm, Absolutely. I think you framed it well. I think we have to be careful, you know, that, um, you know, in in our response to to suicide, that uh, obviously we want to come around people who have suicidal thoughts or tendencies and, and encourage them with the hope of the gospel that, that to not make that choice that there that it is worth living that that we we do value them and we want them and they they have value uh but we also need to have to understand that you know death is not the last word uh paul calls death the final the final foe that christ has defeated death and so even when someone we love makes that uh, tragic choice to end their life we have to we have to know that death is not the final word, that Christ has defeated uh, sin and death uh, and the grave. And uh, even someone in their darkest moments, if they are a child of God, is still mm-hmm. uh, wrapped in in God's love and is rescued from from sin and, and uh, uh, is, is still God's child in that moment. Daniel Darling is with us. So... Um... Dale, let's talk about, you know, from your perspective at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, um, your perspective as a dad, as a wife, or no, you're not a wife, having a wife, though, um, <laughs> but being a husband, just as a, as a leader, how do you talk about suicide? I mean, you were you were talking to Jared about maybe you guys, you know, partnering together. I mean, how, knowing that this is a reality, something that's happened to a friend of yours, how do you move forward? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to, to know how to really help help prevent, but there's a lot of, I think, resources and tools out there, and thankfully the Church has really, you know, in the last several years has really uh, 
grown in this area and has developed, there's a lot of good tools to help people reach uh, and, and get around people who uh, suffer this way. I think one of the most important things is for us to, um, for those of us near us or that maybe those who suffer is to not be afraid to get to get help, get professional help. Um, and, and I think this is where we have to understand that, there, you know, um, the physical and the spiritual and the brokenness we suffer with are all sort of layered and marbled in together. And so we're not simply spirits and we're not simply bodies. And so sometimes people say, well, is, you know, is it a medicine issue, therapy issue, or is it a spiritual issue? And a lot of times it's just sort of marbled in together and it's both. And so good professionals who are skilled this way can kind of peel back the layers and help people walk through these dark seasons. And so I think that is really important that people uh, be unafraid to get help. And as churches, to really resource our people and and point them to, to where help is, and uh, both professional and spiritual in a way that uh, can help walk, walk them through this. And then there's other ways that we you know, as people who love others, you know, there's um, the suicide helpline that many have, have referenced, and I think uh, professional counselors, Focus on the Family has a special helpline for pastors, you know, because there's a unique sort of set of pathologies that pastors endure when it comes to this. And, and so I think all those things are really important and helpful for us as we come around those who, who suffer. We um, we live in this weird society where, you know, our facade is everything. I remember uh, in my early 20s, I was uh, part of a small group of, uh, of actors. And, and during the day, uh, as part of our, you know, salary to make a living so we could do theater at night, we'd go into uh, schools, high schools, junior highs, and a lot of elementary schools. And, and I, I remember going into elementary schools and, you know, you'd be in front of the whole school. There'd be hundreds and hundreds of, you know, kids from kindergarten through fifth or sixth grade. And I, I witnessed this, this scene again and again. And, and it always sort of made me laugh and drove me to despair because the principal would come out and she would say, hello, everyone. It's good to see you all. How are you this morning? And in unison, it never failed. Hundreds of kids would yell back, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. And everybody in the room was fine. And I, you know, would carry that with me. And, you know, you're driving away and thinking, everyone's not fine. We're not fine. We're, we're all train wrecks of various degrees. We're all carrying heartache and sorrow and pain with us. And now, you know, decades later, after fine, we're on Instagram and Facebook Twitter's not fine, but you know Facebook and Instagram are fine, <laughs> and we're, we're we're conditioned to be fine. And so, you know, when we go to church on Sunday morning, in many churches do have good outreaches and do have community resources and counseling and all that. But it's hard for us to you know sort of show our hand to really show who we are, uh, only maybe to just a few people if we're fortunate enough to have those people in our lives. And I wonder, you know, it's easy to Dan to, to point the finger at the church and go, "Well, the church should be doing a better job. They, they should, you know, find out that we're not fine because clearly we are not fine. We're all sinners and all broken." But I, I wonder about that. You know, we do ourselves a disservice. We talk to ourselves poorly, right? Our self-talk is fine talk, you know, face to face. But you know, in the shower, like Cass says. We're just wretched. In your own head. We're wretched to each other. I mean, you know, my, my self-talk often to myself is just mean and cruel and, you know, harsh. It's painful to hear us talk to ourselves. And I wonder where, you know, how, 
how is there a barometer of that? How do we teach ourselves and our children and those we love to speak better of themselves, to have some sort of fairness about who we are so we're not wretched and we're not fine, but we're somewhere that's filled with compassion and empathy and love? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I'm I'm obviously not a medical professional, but one of the things I think is so important for us uh, is to understand um, that in Christ we are we're known by God and He knows us. Uh, we we know God and we're known by God, and and just to be known and to know God is is such a powerful truth that we are sons and daughters of the King, uh, that our identity is in Christ. Um, that we don't have to project a version of ourselves that's not true, uh, because God loves the real version of us, not the one we want to project. Um, and 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 you framed it well that we are both. We should, you know, we come to Christ uh, as we are, but then Christ wants to change us and make us new, and 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 make something, create something good out of the brokenness uh, of our lives. So we're neither. Um, uh, as you said, fine, but we're also not uh, the wretch. I mean, we live in a Genesis 3 world, but we also live in a Genesis 1 world. That we're, we're created in the image of God, that we've been alienated from our Creator because of sin, but but in Christ God has visited us and rescued us from sin and death in the grave and is re- renewing and restoring us. So this is a powerful, the, the gospel is such a powerful truth to help us really think well about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being, um, you know, being in rooms where people are trying to get sober, you know, you're in and, and people. I remember this, you know, people said, look, um, I'm not trying to just get sober today. What I'm trying to do is just to be sober this minute. I want to be here now and, and have a sober thought so that I'm alive in the next minute. And I heard that. and I thought, oh, that's that's really powerful. I mean, I, <laughs> I get that. You know, I mean, I. And so for people who are on the verge, you know, uh, people who think suicidal thoughts often, I just want to live this minute so I get to the next minute so I can live another day. I mean, I think that's that's a necessary train of thought for a lot of people. And Jesus has to be Jesus has to be with us in that moment, this moment right now, to be here now with me, Jesus, so I get to the next minute so I can find, you know, 60 seconds of 60 minutes of 24 hours in that day so I live another day. That's all I think I'm looking for. That's exactly right. And you know, God is in the process of renewing and restoring us and making us whole, uh, that we, and I think one of the things that we have to do as a church, uh, first of all, we have to struggle like with these things in community that we were not made to sort of be isolated. And I think one of the, one of the things that feeds a lot of these really, um, dangerous diseases of despair is isolation that we think nobody wants to be with me. Nobody understands me and we get isolated and we were made to, to live in community, uh, to suffer together, to struggle together. If you look at the way that the New Testament is written, that Paul is always writing really to a uh, – Paul and all the other New Testament writers are writing to a people, not just a person, but to an actual people in the plural. And I think that's so important for us to understand that um, we don't have to struggle alone. And I think the other thing that's important for us to understand is that um, – Everything in this life may not be fixed. I think there's sometimes a narrative of instant victory um, 
that once I come to Christ, everything's going to be resolved and fixed. And many things can change, and we can experience many victories. But there may be other things that we struggle with for the rest of our lives. I think of that verse in First um, John where it says that we it does not even appear what we shall be. In other words, even as much as God can remake us and restore us and sanctify us in this life, we're still so far from what we we will be when he returns. And so we have to be satisfied knowing that there's not a lot of instant fixes. Some of these things will be lifelong struggles that we struggle with, with the power of the Spirit, looking forward to that day when he returns. Amen to that. Daniel Darling's with us. He is, uh, joins us from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the author of many uh, excellent books. The Dignity Revolution is his latest book, and uh, coming up later on this year, The Characters of Christmas as well. Hey, Dan, before you leave us, talk to us uh, about your email. Um, I'm part of your email uh, mix. You send something out, which is uh, full of interesting uh, things and encouragement as well. If people want to sign up, uh, please uh, give us the information. Yes, I would love that. It's called One Little Word. Um, and that's the kind of a lyric from uh, one of the verses in the Mighty Fortress is our God. But it's called One Little Word. And I usually send uh, something, either it's a historical thing I'm thinking about or maybe some tips. I mean, I actually did one on how to do a radio interview, which is kind of funny because good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing one now. So you can sign mm-hmm. up at my website. It's danieldarling.com and just uh, sign up there. I would love, love to have you join that. Very nice. Dan, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. A difficult conversation, but a necessary yeah, one, I believe. I, yeah, I think that our enemy is silence. Right. Like so, Dan says, you know, we're lacking community. Right. Right. And and so in our silence, we we turn to ourselves and and harm ourselves and our thoughts. How do we avoid that? Right. So we're curious about you. Yeah, we're we're curious. If you have struggled with um, suicidal thoughts in the past, what's gotten you out of it? You know, what has been the good news for you? Um, this isn't a suicide hotline. We're not. We're, we're not going to be able to talk to you if you're contemplating suicide right now and be uh, and be effective listeners for you. If you are, I can tell you that the uh, the suicide hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That's one eight hundred two seven three. 8255. You can call any time of the day or night, any day. And there's also an online chat option if you want to do that. But if you've struggled with suicidal thoughts or you have a loved one who has or what, and you're out of that place now, we want to know what's made the difference for you so that we can figure out how to make a difference for someone else. How did you find your way out of suicidal thoughts as a means of iron sharpening iron and some wisdom? Give us a call, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Please, uh, you be anonymous here. We're just looking for, you know, we just had this conversation about a, a pastor who killed himself. Uh, and we live in this brutal world right now where we know we're surrounded more often than not by deep and hard crust of darkness. So how does that work? If you're in pain or you've been in pain and you've come through that valley, right, the valley of the darkness, how did you do that? 800-320-8255. We're going to step away for just a minute, so stay with us. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! 
Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Glenn. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a uh-huh. million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. In the fury of the storm, they cried out to God to save them. My poor little wife got hyperfermia, and then I... I, I, I kept with her, and, and she just drowned on me. <laughs> now, the storm has passed, and they need God and his people to help them make it through another day. It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. We need help. Families in the Bahamas, devastated by monster storm Dorian, need Word FM listeners to step into their lives with life-saving emergency relief. People are saying, I've lost everything. And the only thing you, know, you could say, you know, keep praying. Your generous gift will provide desperately needed supplies to families who have lost everything. You'll provide food, water filters, generators, clean water, chainsaws, tarps, hygiene kits, and other things needed for survival and recovery. Please send help and hope to the Bahamas now. From your cell phone, call pound 250 and say hope. Dial pound 250 on your cell and say hope. Or give online at wordfm.com. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all My Pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper, regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. A beautiful weekend store here for the last week of summer. Your details for tonight, a clear night, comfortable, a low of 56. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, a beautiful day with an afternoon high of 77. Clear skies again tomorrow night, heading down to a low of 55. And for Thursday, plenty of sunshine again, another nice day, and a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. We're talking about a hard thing, which is suicide and depression. And I think that the more we experience those feelings, the less we want to talk about it. And then we get into a cycle where it becomes darker and darker and darker and darker. And what we're trying to do is shed some light on it so you recognize that you're not alone. Right. I mean, our conversation started talking about a pastor who killed himself last week in Nashville. And I mean, if a pastor is going to kill himself 
and he's got a, a closer connection with Jesus or, or uh, you know, deeply connected somehow, then what hope do we have? That's kind of, when I heard that, I thought, a pastor killed himself? What does that mean? I, I, right. It's hard Well, what me. it means is the pastors are every bit the same as you and me. Right. There is no difference between right. a pastor regular, and us. There's a regular person who has a regular job, just like you have a regular job, and it's a hard job. And so there are people who are depressed who are plumbers, and there are people who are depressed who work in libraries, and there are people who are depressed who are pastors. Right. That's just the way it is. Listen, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts right now, the uh, National Suicide Hotline is one 800 273 8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's also an online chat option if you'd rather do that on your computer or your phone. We're not a suicide hotline, so we're not going to be able to talk to you if you're struggling right now. But the question we have is if you've struggled with suicidal thoughts in the past and you've gotten over it, tell us what's helped. Yeah. What's the way out? 800-320-8255-800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Judy's been hanging on. Hey, Jude, thanks for coming along today. What's your thoughts here? Well, you're welcome. Um, I've never had any suicide thoughts, but this is a much bigger problem that is not understood by the church. And it has to do with, one, conflict resolution, and two, with mind renewal. Now, how do those work together? It's, yes. it's, it's pretty simple. But the church doesn't teach conflict resolution. And when we're in conflict, we're either in conflict with the Lord and His law, or with other people, or with ourselves. And when we're in conflict with ourselves, working through that thing may be a difficult thing. Now, what happens, and it's taught by Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a Christian neuropsychologist, um, is that every time we are thinking, um, we we are have emotions that we're thinking, that we're feeling when we're building short-term memory. And our short-term memory, uh, our, our neurons in our memory have both factual data and emotional data. And every night when we go to sleep, our brain rewires itself for the, for the short-term memory to get term, put into the long-term memory. Now, we have, so we have, and in the rewiring, it rewires itself by emotional data and factual data. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means... When the Bible says, be angry but sin not, do not let the sun get down on your anger, we don't want to be building up toxic memories in our long-term memory by not getting them reconciled before we go to sleep. So when you have built up of lots of toxic things or self-views or opinions or um, non-truth, you have to get reconciled to what the truth is about the specific thing that you're having an issue with. Right. So reconciled to the truth of the things we're having issue with. So unlearn it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first of all, thanks for calling in. Um, we are looking there for people's personal stories. That's what we really want to hear. So if you've got a personal story where you struggled with suicidal thoughts, we want to know what's made a difference for you. 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. We need to step away for just a minute. Your phone calls are welcome. we got a couple lines open right now. Stick around. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Would you like to understand what the book of Revelation reveals? Do we interpret the book of the Revelation literally or symbolically? Which do you think? Well, the answer is both. 
Don't think that symbolism somehow discounts the truth of the book. You find out what the symbol stands for, and you literally believe it. Listen to Adrian Rogers' series, The Triumph of the Lamb, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up, and to see it transformed into what it is today was truly an awesome experience. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Every year, an estimated 700,000 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with a type of skin cancer called cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma, or CSCC. CSCC is the second most common skin cancer in the U.S. and often presents as dry patches on sun-exposed parts of the body. CSCC is readily treatable when caught early, but is more aggressive in advanced stages. People living in the southern half of the U.S. are especially at risk for advanced CSCC. Learn more at CSCCinformation.com. This report is brought to you by Regeneron and Sanofi. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more, because you have choices nearby, and you'll find them on the map at Pittsburgh ChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Are you hiding an addiction problem? You don't know where to go or who to talk to? We understand. Call Narconon for a free and confidential consultation. You don't have to go it alone. Call Narconon, 877-413-3073. That's 877-413-3073. Or drugsnow.com. Hey, thanks for coming along today. We're talking about suicide in this hour. And you found yourself with suicidal thoughts. How did you find your way out? 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and speak with Pat. Hey, Pat, thanks for hanging in there. Uh, tell us your story. Well, uh, John and Kathy, this is not my story. It's my son's story. Okay. But I was deeply involved in it. Um, when my son was 19 years old, uh, he uh, tried to commit suicide. And he was uh, going to die. <clears throat> and uh, we were making funeral arrangements. That's how bad it was. Mm. So uh, I went into the prayer room, or into the quiet room in the hospital, did not ask for my, uh, anything from me just to save my son. And a uh, long story, but he was saved, you know, from dying. And then continued on, and he had two more suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is now, he is still alive. He's 54, 
And uh, the process of going through that whole uh, experience is I went into counseling immediately uh, to uh, rid myself of it being my fault. Good. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I managed to um, overcome that. But in the process of that, uh, I, it opened Pandora's box up for me. Mm. So I would question a lot of times, well, because I did this or that, is this why my son tried to kill himself? And so, you know, and I went on to a medication, and I was on it for 20 years for depression. I kept slipping in and out of depression. And there was nobody there to help me through this. I mean, family members, friends, or nobody. It was just my son and I. So, you know, as time went on, uh, and there was so much difficulty and, and uh, going on, but I, and then 15 years ago, uh, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. So, which was a major, major change in my whole thought process. And I thought that I was the one that had to, uh, always protect, always, uh, you know, always be there, overdoing it, uh, whatever I needed to do. And the counselor would say to me, you know, there might be one minute in the 24-7 that you're watching your son that he decides to kill himself. So I had to release that responsibility of taking care of my son, okay? And that's what I, the process I went through in accepting uh, Jesus Christ. So it's been 10 years now that he decided to walk away from the family unit, which is very dysfunctional to begin with. Right. So, and, um, so, and so, so Pat, in the end, how, how did he find his way out? Well, I don't know. This is what I wanted to finish this story with the fact that I know there's a lot to say in a short period of time, but he decided to walk away from the family, and my, my first impulse was he will kill himself in a month because of all that had gone on. But I had to trust the Lord, and I said to, to God, I said, here, there's nothing I need to do with, with this man that's in his 40s, right. uh, and so here, you take care of him. He, he's your uh, creation. I don't know if my son is uh, really uh, not uh, accepted the Lord, but that was 10 years ago, and he's still alive. Fabulous. All right, that's great news. That is fabulous. Okay, great. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and uh, speak with, hey, Eric, uh, you're live with Kath and I. Um, how do you find your way out? Hi, John. Um, I just believe that I could be lied to. Mm. I've been lied to by a lot of people in my life, and uh, I found out that uh, we had three main enemies described in the Bible as, uh, you know, the flesh and the world and, the you know, the Satan, devil. too. Yep. And I could be bluffed. So that gave me enough hope. And I just figured, I don't know everything. And I hung on. Like, clung to Jesus, you know. That is so uh, terrific. You know what I love about that is that's such a simple approach that I realized I could be lied to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's street-level approach. And I know a lot of guys were like, you just saved my life telling me that. And I'm like, we don't know everything better. You know, we don't know. Trust in Jesus. Man, Eric, that is so good. I you guys all the time, by the way. You know, you've helped me out a lot. So I I took a stab at it, and then uh, I got through. So you're out there. Thank you so much for calling. Hang on. Okay, you too, and thank you guys. Our pleasure. Truly it is. Thanks, Eric. Let's go to the phones and speak with Joe. (laughs) Hey, Joe, you're with us. How did you find your way out? Um, I went through Christian counseling, and in that Christian counseling, um, 
you know, my pastor told me that, you know, everything is a process. And I think that when we realize that, that it's not just going to be better overnight. Um, And also getting into his word and knowing who I am in Jesus. It's not, it's not about me. It's about who we are in Jesus and what his plan and his purpose is for us. It's terrific. Thank you. We need to step away. Thanks a lot, Joe. If you've had suicidal, suicidal thoughts, suicidal thoughts, how do you find your way out? Stick around. We got a little smidge ahead. turning, the nights are crisp, and the corn stalks are standing at the springhouse, and that can mean only one thing, autumn, and autumn festivals, too. Isn't it a great time of the year in western Pennsylvania with all of our autumn festivals? We at the springhouse love to take part in them. Not only do we have special fun festival weekends at the springhouse, but we load up our little red van and head out to others in the area. This weekend, we're going to the Covered Bridge Festival at Mingo Park in Washington County. Come and see us and take home a homemade pie. We're literally making and rolling hundreds of crusts, cooking berry pie fillings, and peeling bushels of apples to get ready for this beautiful, fun festival. Come and see us at the Ebenezer Bridge and then stop at the Springhouse for a great country supper. We're really not far at all. What a fun day for you. Call the Springhouse 228-3339 for more information. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Driving home is more relaxing without worrying about malware on your devices or identity theft. LifeLock with Norton, outstanding protection for your identity and devices. For a limited time, get 30% off your first year ends October 6th. Join at LifeLock.com. Use promo code Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your coverage, so you only pay for what you need. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote, and you could save. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This is so difficult, but so necessary to speak of this, and we should shine the light on this more often. Yep. Right. We've, I, I think we heard some significant things from our callers. I think we heard that you need people around you, your family members, 
who love you and are going to encourage you to find hope. I think it's important that if you're a family member, you recognize that it's not your fault. Right. Right. Um, That that someone's making their someone's making their own decisions. I think we heard the fact that find good counseling. What's the key thing? And recognize who God says you are. And what Eric said is. this is with any kind of mental health issue. You have to realize that you can be lied to, that the enemy is a liar. And so the the negative self-talk we get into is a product of ourselves, our world, or the enemy lying to yeah. us. That's great advice. I mean, I really love it. It's so simple and so straightforward, but there's a deep, strong truth in that. So hold on to Jesus because he will tell you the truth. Jesus is the truth. Right. And if he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's the truth. But the other stuff, I realize I've been lied to. The enemy's out there just waiting for you in your weakness, in your despair. Hey, thanks for being with us. Always a great pleasure. John and Kathy Show.com. And uh, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Have yourself a great night. Enjoy this beautiful day. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.